Hello and welcome to the Arise and Build podcast. This is Jody Grace and we're here to inspire, educate, and activate believers in Missouri to steward and protect freedom in every area of life, especially here in the heart of America. We're going to be talking about what's happening right here in our culture, how it connects to scripture, and what we can do to bring our conservative Christian values back into the public square. If you haven't already, I'd love for you to go ahead, hit the subscribe button so you can get our updates and join us as we work together, just like Nehemiah and the Israelites did, to arise and build a wall around the great state of Missouri. Everybody, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you're having a wonderful Friday. It is Friday, February 2nd. The sun is shining here in Jefferson City. It's a little bit warmer than it has been, and it makes me excited for spring. So I hope that that is the case wherever you're at. And I have a wonderful guest here on the podcast today. I'm excited for you to hear from him. I spoke with Senator Bill Eigel just a few moments ago. We recorded a conversation. And um, I think that you're going to enjoy what he has to say. We just recapped the week, sort of what happened in the Senate this week, what we can look forward to seeing next week, and uh, some of his thoughts and opinions about the happenings uh, here in Jefferson City. So let's dive right in because he is the star of the show today. Well, welcome, Senator Eigel, to the podcast. I really appreciate you being here and just taking time to share uh, with the citizens an update about where we're at. Uh, it was a big day and a big week in the Senate for sure. So um, I just want to talk to you about you know what happened, what's going on, where things are at, and what can people do now to be involved and use their voice. So kind of tell us where we're at. Uh, well, we had a, I think we had a very successful week. Uh, we saw, uh, going back to last Thursday, uh, we saw the initiative petition reform bill that includes a concurrent majority go all the way from uh, kind of a full stop uh, where the process starts to uh, it is now on the Senate perfection calendar and ready for floor debate next week. So there are several steps that have to occur in between those two gates that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And normally it takes months, uh, weeks, if not months, uh, to get that process done. But uh, because of the pressure that the Freedom Caucus brought to bear on the on Senate leadership and the Senate chamber, uh, stalling gubernatorial appointments, uh, slowing down other legislation, talking on the floor at length, even though that made our leadership very uncomfortable and they retaliated against the Freedom Caucus. They took our chairmanship. They took our parking spaces. Uh, we have seen the results of that is that now the initiative petition bill is moving faster than any other major priority of the Republican caucus through the chamber in a regular session that, quite frankly, the chamber has ever seen. We've never had a bill suddenly start moving as fast as it is right now. So uh, I know there are a lot of folks out there that probably hear about some of the, the, uh, the uh, discord or fracture within the Senate. Uh, the reason that there's a fracture is because you have a small group of senators, uh, six six senators plus Mike Moon uh, in the Freedom Caucus, uh, uh, applying pressure at all the right places on Senate leadership. And now they're moving a bill that almost every Republican understands is very important to protect our Constitution. Right. Well, <clears throat> it was super exciting to see this week because um, you are 100% correct for anybody who pays attention or follows along these different pieces of policy. It's usually that things don't actually happen until 
you know, maybe past the first chamber right before uh, spring break. And then we see this big rush the last couple of weeks, but honestly, especially the last two days of session, there's just this big sort of circus happening and all of the lobbyists in the gallery waiting for their things to pass and all the celebrating going on when they get whatever it is they're wanting. And all the while the people, the priorities of the people oftentimes just get pushed to the side, left um, somewhere along the way, or they die completely altogether. So um, the fact that this did move so quickly is truly victory and success. I know that lots of people have been watching. We had a large crowd show up at the Capitol this week of people who were excited to be part of the process. And, um, you know, one of the things I think that helps the people, because you're right, I've heard you say it, I've heard other senators say it, the people um, across the state, I know you've talked to several, I talked to several um, on an ongoing basis, people generally speaking, just the average people of Missouri, they are frustrated. Yeah. They're frustrated that things aren't getting accomplished and they don't really understand why. And um, I think that it helps relieve that frustration when they do take some action, when they can participate in the process and when they feel like there is some measure of influence they can have. And I feel like that's what we really saw happen this week, that the system actually functioned the way it's supposed to. People participated. We had people on the inside. We had a group of senators who were willing to do what the people were asking them to do. And um, I'm just thrilled with the results. Really, really happy. Yeah, you know, and it was, uh, you mentioned the rally where we had folks come from all over the state uh, and on very short notice, uh, less than a week's notice, coming down to support the senators, uh, the Freedom Caucus members and Mike Moon uh, that were standing for the people and pushing this this bill through and really, you know, willing to make leadership uncomfortable and willing to continue to stand firm, even when they tried to punish and silence us by stripping out our chairmanships. Of course, they, they took our parking spaces and were threatening to take the office furniture out of our public offices. You know, this that, that kind of pettiness, uh, that, that's typically what you come to expect from the swamp. And uh, we really exposed them. And it was almost a national story uh, of yeah. what was going on down there. And uh, I guess I'm thrilled. I would say that I'm thrilled about what's happened with initiative petition reform. And I do expect that uh, to uh, make its way, finish making its way through the uh, the Senate chamber next week. But as soon as that's done, you can be darn sure that we're going to be using these exact same tactics that have worked so brilliantly in this case in order to start moving other pieces of legislation and things that we want to see done in the Republican brand. So I'm very excited uh, to see how everything turned out. Uh, you know, Jenny, I'll, I'll say real quick that um, uh, the pro-abortion forces are putting together millions of dollars right yeah. now to try to enshrine uh, abortion into the state constitution using the very vulnerable initiative petition process. So, uh, you know, this is a fight that we need to have, and there's a tremendous amount of urgency that we get this done as quickly as possible so we can get this to the ballot. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's the right fight to have, um, and we're going to continue to make the status quo, whether that's our leadership, whether that's uh, whoever that is, we're going to make them uncomfortable if they uh, continue to stall out legislation that we need to get done. 
So there's just a couple of things uh, that I'd like to address before we go. I was on a radio show um, this week, a gentleman uh, from the lake. I was on, um, he, we, he asked me to call in from time to time and just kind of update him about what's happening. And he sort of alluded to, he didn't really call, call any of us cons, um, obstructionists. And he didn't, I think he's in support of the IP bill itself, right? But he sort of alluded to this idea that because of all this filibustering and because of what we were, were trying to accomplish this last few weeks, that basically everything else came to a screeching halt. And that there was nothing else happening, um, you know, that none of the other priorities were able to move, that we were not getting anything accomplished. And I've been, um, you know, my message for a while has been, listen, what they're trying to accomplish isn't anything good. So I'm happy if you're putting cogs in the wheel and you're slowing all this whole mess down. But I wanted to uh, reassure him, and maybe you can speak to this as well, that the whole process did not come to a screeching halt. We had several committee hearings. We had some um, Senator Carter's education bill got voted unanimously through her education committee. Uh, there were things happening on the House side that were moving. Uh, so it wasn't like there was just nothing happening besides a filibuster. And I think right. that we'll see some of these other things start to come back to the forefront as, uh, as this IP issue moves out of the Senate and to the House. But can you just speak to like some of the other things that are actually yeah. happening? Yeah, and, and one of the things to keep in mind is that, you know, Missouri has one of the longest regular sessions of any legislature in the country. So we're given more time to work through big issues like IP reform or cutting taxes or the education issue that you mentioned than virtually any other state in America. Uh, the only way that things end up not getting done is if we wait to the very end of session for these big priorities and try to force them all through the system in the last two or three days. In fact, uh, before we started really filibustering on the floor, uh, the floor leader, Senator Cindy O'Loughlin, mentioned that, you know, she thought that this, you know, IP reform may be something that waited till the last day of session again, mm -hmm. which just reinforced the fact that we needed to be aggressive in pushing this right now. So, uh, you know, the, the fact that we uh, we were out there filibustering got us precisely the results uh, that we were looking for. And we, we were hoping, you know, to have the IP reform bill out of the Senate maybe in the first week of February uh, is very, very good sign. And it leaves a lot of time to not only do all those other things like, you know, because we want to cut personal property taxes, we want to get the budget under control, we want to address education. Uh, but as you said, even though there we were taking up the floor action, a lot of these issues were moving through the committee process. Not to say that there weren't some committees that were canceled or postponed, but sure. we still have a lot of time uh, to work these other issues. But our number one priority has always been getting an initiative petition reform bill to a vote of the people and ensuring that we protect our protect our constitution. If we're not protecting our constitution, none of those other bills are actually going to make much of a difference. So uh, I was, uh, it's, it was very unusual that you had a, a group of senators like the Freedom Caucus willing to stand up and really just bring everything to a halt uh, in the short term so that we could get this done. But uh, the dividends were, were uh, are, are paying off nicely and uh, we expect to have another big victory this coming week. Well, I'm excited. I will definitely not miss a day this week if I can help it. Um, 
got my seat, you know, in the gallery where, where I like to be so that I can see all the things that I want to see. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. Before you go, I do want to just help people, especially maybe who aren't familiar with this ratification process, even though I've been talking about it a lot, a lot of different outlets I know have been talking about it a lot, but it's still kind of confusing, especially for people who are just now coming along, maybe just now joining the conversation. So I almost wish that abortion wasn't a hot topic right now, although I do believe that most Republicans, um, abortion does put a fire underneath them that they that they don't normally have. So um, this ratification process, it's not just, doesn't just apply to this abortion issue, although that is a, a, a big one and the primary issue right now, um, mm -hmm. but it applies to um, every change that we would make moving forward if we wanted right. to amend the constitution, um, our state constitution, uh, with any any measure, be it some maybe a Second Amendment measure that might come up in the future, or um, tax issues that might come up in the future, a uh, lot of different things, whatever whatever those ballot measures might be. And um, if you could just speak to, because I was in the committee hearing uh, when we heard all these twelve bills, and uh, you filed a couple yourself. So could you just sort of speak to the fact, the one argument that I heard over and over again was that we're removing the voice of the people by changing this ratification process, that we need one person, one vote. Um, and can you just speak to the, to the issue of why that, that's not the most ideal in this situation of actually amending our constitution, maybe even versus the one person, one vote, you know, when we have a candidate who's running for right. office. Yeah, so uh, in every one of the uh, reforms that came before the committee this week that would have changed the initiative petition process, uh, regardless of which of those would have gone into effect, uh, everyone would still have one vote. <laughs> Uh, in an election moving forward, you you would we're never going to move and lose the ability that everybody per, every person in this state uh, who is a lawful resident of the state is going to be able to register and have their voices heard. That that we're of course we're not touching that, uh, but you know there are a lot of uh, processes uh, in our republic that aren't direct democracy where you have a very simple majority, just fifty plus one percent standard. To, to change the founding document of the state. In fact, look at our federal constitution. The process to change the federal constitution is much higher than just getting a simple majority vote in a single election. You have to get uh, a, a, a super majority of states to ratify uh, something that has already gone through uh, the, the Congress. So uh, we're, we have a very simple, right now, it's, it's actually relatively speaking, relative to the federal constitution, uh, we have a very low standard to change the Constitution, just a simple majority vote. And if you can get a simple majority vote in, a, in an election, then you can change the Constitution, completely bypass the people's representatives in Jefferson City. And so what we want to add to that, we're not going to change the 50 plus 1 uh, percent standard, but we, we are proposing that we would add a second standards that any initiative petition must uh, achieve in order to go into effect. And the standard that we'd like to add is adding uh, the required 
right, that a majority of the state house districts, uh, there's 163 state house districts in a majority, so 82 out of 163 must also vote yes. That'll prevent uh, changes to the Constitution from occurring if big margins of votes are run up in our urban areas, and a lot of times those are liberal areas that are out of state or out of step with, with vast majorities of the state. Um, we'll make sure that you have to have a much broader consensus between some of the urban and rural areas of our state if we're going to change the founding document of Missouri. So I see this as a, a protection of the Constitution. I mean, for the past few years, we've seen a very dishonest, powerful special interest coming into Missouri, putting things into our Constitution, using that low standard uh, that most folks, uh, upon reflection, probably don't agree with. You know, we had a Medicaid expansion bill that passed based on a very false uh, campaign of advertising by the special interest that we're going to make millions off, off of those dollars uh, if Medicaid expansion was approved. We had the Amendment 3 debate. Never should have been on the ballot in the first place. They, they would, the amendment was unconstitutional. So really, this is a protectionary mechanism that is going to make sure that folks can't take advantage of uh, getting things into our Constitution after being, quite frankly, very dishonest in a public campaign. So uh, this, the, the, all of the different bills that we heard this week were different versions of that. But the one that's going to come to the floor, uh, the Senate floor, and probably be taken up for debate, is one that added a concurrent majority. It doesn't change the 50 plus 1% standard. It just says that a majority of the House districts must vote uh, in favor of a particular initiative petition. And I think that the broader consensus that that's going to require, I think that's a good thing for the people of the state. It'll ensure a little bit more protection of our founding document. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, the 50 plus 1, because of the the uh, population density in our cities um, really leaves the rural voters um, outside of having much, if any, influence in those changes. And um, so I think that especially the rural population, it's important for them to have a voice. Their needs are much, much different than the needs yeah. of the people in the city. And um, I think that this is the type of government we have in the first place, right? So it was interesting sitting in that hearing, hearing all these references back to a simple democracy when the truth is that's not the way our government was set up. It was set up so that the minorities in these, the geographic minorities, um, you know, across a large expanse of, of the region would be represented, that their voices would be heard. And, um, so I believe that this is really the most fair way to go about having all of these varieties of peoples and varieties of interests heard at the ballot. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of these things that have passed lately, marijuana doesn't even belong in a constitution right. at all. Like, I agree with you. 100%. It just doesn't belong there. So I don't even right. care if we chose to pass it. I mean, I don't agree with that, but even if we chose to pass it, it belongs in state statute, not in the founding documents of the state of Missouri, not in the Constitution. And right. if we don't like, um, you know, what we have, I think, are, are those big special interests who do have the money. People keep saying, well, we need a path to change it if we are not happy with the legislature. Well, that's not really what the people have right now because it takes so much money. Um, that's what right. drives it is the money to be able to pay for the signatures to change the process. Um, if we aren't happy with the legislature, then what the people need to be doing is getting involved, 
letting yes. their voice be heard and getting to know their elected officials. And if you don't like what you're seeing, then you vote someone else into those positions who'll be responsive to the people. You got it. You got it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of states, uh, I think 26 states don't even have an initiative petition process uh, in their constitution. So uh, there, there, there's no, there's no substitute for folks getting engaged with their legislators and uh, keeping their legislators accountable, uh, voting for legislators that share their civil beliefs uh, and, and if necessary, run themselves. So it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's another protection. Like I said, you know, we're, we take a note to protect the Constitution. I think that passing an initiative petition bill reform is in line with that. And I think that uh, when it comes down to it, we get this vote uh, in front of the people of this state. I believe that they're going to support it. Right. So that's um, another even step. This is really just the first tiny step in a long, um, a long journey to actually getting this passed and, and put in place. But I appreciate you, Senator Eigel. Um, I'm excited for the week. When do you think we might see it on the floor? I'm guessing Tuesday. So we generally don't take up a big bills like that on Monday mm-hmm. because we don't start till late. So I'm guessing Tuesday you'll see us there and uh, expect to see that on the floor. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Awesome. Take care. Thanks, Jerry. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me today. I really appreciate it. I hope you found it beneficial and valuable. I'd really encourage you in the next few days to pick up your Bible and grab the practical tools you need to arise and build. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the blog at jodygrace.com. I'll see you soon.